Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hilton. And on tonight's episode, we will be reviewing the WWE pay-per-view, Great Balls of Fire. And um, before we get into results and stuff like that, I just want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. It's the worst pay-per-view name of all time, perhaps, maybe. Um, I don't understand why we called it Great Balls of Fire. I don't know why they decided the 1950s was a route we wanted to uh, promote the event and do all the, you know, the videos and all that. But, you know what? They did it. And I was going to give them a chance um, about three minutes in. And then they didn't do what I was hoping that they were going to do, and that was somehow make the the set feel like a drive-in theater. Nope, we get standard WWE pay-per-view uh, pay-per-view stage. So you know what? It is what it is. Uh, they dropped the ball on that. So starting off not so hot for this pay-per-view. But I did get a chance to watch it live, and I was live tweeting the event, and if you ever get interested and want to watch a WWE pay-per-view with live tweeting with us, it's at Take It Home on Twitter, and that's where I'll be, uh, posting nonsense and all that good garbage while watching the show. Um, I didn't get the chance to watch the pre-show, so... I don't, I don't have any uh, feelings towards that match, but Neville defeated Tozawa for the Cruiserweight Championship, um, and then the main show started, and the first matchup was Bray Wyatt um, defeating Seth Rollins, and I thought it was interesting that this was going to be the first match, because I kind of look at both as a semi-main event type guys, main event, really, I mean, they're both former WWE champions, and I thought it was a solid match. I was kind of looking forward to it. Basing off this pay-per-view, I barely watched any of the um, lead-up of Raw. Some For the past month, it's been hard to get into the WWE product to watch weekly. They have too many shows, but um, I digress. But going into the pay-per-view, this was one of the ones I was looking forward to. So... There were um, a lot of good high-flying spots. I mean, they're both doing their their stuff. You know, the Falcon Arrows getting used. Bray with his heavy-hitting self. Like, there was uh, one point in the match where Bray, like, cross-bodied Seth into the barricade. And that really got me like, ooh, Jesus. Um, I like Bray's work in this match because it's very very heel-like, where he's not doing a lot of things to impress you, he left that to Seth, and for me, as an opener, it was really good, I think they did a tad too many higher spots than I think an opener should, because once you open a show, in my opinion, and you, you set a bar very high, the rest of the show is going to have trouble, but, um, you know, for an opener, it was pretty, it was pretty good, I think, um, 
From there, we go to Big Cass versus Enzo Amore. Uh, Big Cass gets the win on Enzo. The the thing about this match for me, though, is the promo Enzo cuts before the match. And for me, that was the story. He told a great story um, about him and Cass and how Enzo is... the you know, he's a fighter, he's a dreamer, and, you know, you're not going to take his dreams away, and to be quite honest, I find, I find that part to be Enzo's shine in the match, um, and I know it's before the match, but I really felt like that promo got me behind it, because you have this giant guy, seven foot tall, and you can't teach it, you just can't teach seven foot people, um, and then you got Enzo, you know, he is a certified G, but can that handle seven feet tall? And we can teach that. Um, so I kind of knew it was going to be one, one-sided the entire time. Um, to be honest, I thought it was more one-sided than I thought it was going to be. So, yowza to that. Um... But I thought for what it was, it was decent. I mean, what can you ask for? So I'm not going to grade the match as a good match. I will say that the promo itself is what made the match. But from there, we go on to Cesaro and Sheamus defeating the Hardy Boys in a 30-minute Iron Man match. And going into this, I... I was thinking to myself, okay, if it's low numbered, say two to one, that's what it came out to, then why didn't you just name it a two out of three falls match? Um, but it actually wasn't, it was a four to three victory. And I really did dig the way that they, they incorporated the pinfalls where like right from the get go, we get a pinfall and it was the Hardys always trying to come back and get to the point of tying it. And then out of nowhere, after, um, Jeff Hardy does a swanton, um, Cesaro grabs him because, uh, he was going for the pin on Sheamus, but Cesaro was, the uh, legal guy, he gets the pin, and then runs around the ring so Jeff can't catch him, up until getting a twist of fate, and then going for a pin, but not getting it in time. I think the match is very solid. I think these two teams are um, definitely, they're, they're definitely good with each other in the ring. At first... Like, when they first started having matches, you know, the chemistry was a little off. The Hardy Boys just came back. But I think they're finding their niche. I'm not quite sure if this is going to be their final contest. But I I enjoyed this one. I think they had some stellar, um, stellar spots. Um, good uh, heat from Sheamus and Cesaro on Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. And if I got anything to come out with highlights on this match, oh my God, Matt Hardy's head bleeding, that's a highlight. And uh, I don't know, I don't know how, uh, uh, I don't know how it happened, but 
Uh, I'm guessing it's during the near the end of the match where they do a double team, and it was vicious looking. And no thank you to that. No blood, please. Now, uh, our next match, our technically fifth match of the night, fourth on the main pay-per-view, and I think it is my match of the night, is Sasha Banks versus uh, Alexa Bliss for the Women's Championship. And let me tell you, the Raw's women's division hasn't really been treated as um, well as like they do on SmackDown, in my opinion. Um, And this match I was looking forward to just because I'm a huge Alexa Bliss fan, and I think Sasha Banks is stellar in the ring. So I was really looking forward to this one. And I gotta say, delivered. Delivered tenfold, because both these women were hard-hitting hitting each other with vicious maneuvers and I just I was into this so much so that the way that this match ends is Sasha defeats Alexa Bliss via countout because Sasha is just getting the upper hand on Alexa Bliss and Alexa gets in uh goes outside the ring and just chills out till the 10 count and most people say, oh, I don't like that because of the finish, but guys, bad guys do bad things, not like the hero isn't going to win every single time, so when fans get all, you know, oh, it's a good match, but the finish sucks, so that lowers the match in their eyes, Kind, I just, I don't get that, like, we have these, these rules and things to be broken by the bad guys, and... I think that, to me, is a stellar way they used it in this match. So, Alexa Bliss was trying to walk away being cocky, and Sasha Banks chased after her. She she won't have no more from this chick, and just started beating her down. And they were fighting on the ramp, and then they made their way to the table, and Alexa Bliss got knocked down towards the crowd, and Sasha Banks did her double knee, on the ground, by the way, your knees are done, Jick, your knees are done, I don't know how you're walking anymore, I don't know how you think you're going to have a career past four years, but you got some kind of special power, I'll be honest, because I'd be done after those double knees onto Alexa Bliss, on the concrete, you should be done, but you're not, we'll see you next time, um, like I said, match of the night, even with the countout finish, beautiful. I think this is going to have a rematch at SummerSlam. And I think I'm more excited about this rematch than anything leading up to SummerSlam right now. I said it. Come at me. Um, from there, we take it to what I'm probably going to call the the worst match of the night and not because it has like blown spots or anything like that it's just I've seen the Miz versus Dean Ambrose 4628 times in the last year this match is boring like and not in a like you know they're not trying I just feel like it's so 
repetitive. I feel like everything's the same. Like, yeah, they added the Miserage in this, but nothing's changed. I feel like I'm just watching the same thing over and over. And, you know, the guys are going out there. They're doing their thing. But I'm just done. I, um, I had no interest in this one. Um, it's not like a dud. It was just, they're fine. Good job. Thank you for going out there and being fine. Um, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But Miz retained the title. Hopefully that means we're moving on. Because I just, I can't even. I can't even anymore with these guys. Um, now we get into our co-main event, which is Braun Strowman defeating Roman Reigns. This match was my least looking forward match of the card, I believe, in my mind. And I actually came out of this liking it. I'm not even quite sure if it's for the right reasons. Because I've always, like... Since Strowman has come into the WWE, I've been looking at him grow as a wrestler, and it's shocking to me because it's a big man, very fast, and I think he's he's actually getting it. And I, I said it in the tweet, I think in 2018, this guy's going to have a stellar year. Um, and there's been rumors for Brock Lesnar versus Braun, and I'm I'm... I'm wanting that so badly. And, you know, it was good back and forth between Roman Reigns and uh, Strowman. I'm not a Roman guy. I could care less. It didn't seem like he was, like, doing a lot. But moments that were coming out to me were, like, when Roman was hitting Strowman with a chair and, like... Strowman like just blocked it with his arm and he was like come get me you son of a bitch or whatever he said like that shit was scary let me tell you um but like I said that's the kind of stuff I'm not quite sure if WWE is meaning for me to love Strowman as much as I am but I am um so walking away from this Strowman beating Roman Reigns was kind of big to me because I'm like Roman Reigns, you acting like you the man, and gay, in my eyes, I think Strowman's, (laughs) like, the future, I think Strowman has a a good career, if he keeps healthy, um, he's got this in the bag, um, from there, sorry, by the way, if you're hearing noises, I'm in my car, I'm recording this in my car, so deal with it, sucker, um, we go to our main event, the match, the match, of the night that everybody's been looking forward to. It's Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. And the lead-up in this match is pretty much the thing that I kept watching on Raw. Like, this this is a match I, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to see. Uh, it's a match that I was hoping that Joe would get to shine some. And in the lead-up, they were making Joe look good. They made both men look good. So... Going into this, I I wasn't definite of who was going to win. Um, and from the start of the match, like him attacking, uh, Joe attacking Brock Lesnar was fantastic. And he went after him. He started beating the crap out of him, took him outside the ring, dropped him through a table. And like that was before the match. 
once he got in, you know, Joe's still attacking him. And Brock eventually got his, uh, he got his, you know, his Germans in and he was coming back. But Joe kept going after him and he kept putting him in the sleeper. Um, don't ask me how to say it because I'm not going to. Um, he gets the sleeper on Brock like a few times in the match. And there's a couple of times where you're just like, oh God, Brock's, Brock's going to go out. Brock's going to go out. But, um. After a little while, Brock picked him up for uh, F5, 1, 2, 3, and beat Samoa Joe. Um, I wish the match went on a little longer. I wish there was a little more offense Joe would have gotten in. I get that it's Brock Lesnar, but it's the, it's the first time that I felt, okay, I'm not, I'm not down with my Brock-style match for some reason. Like... I'm okay with the Germans and, you know, and how they treated it at the beginning, but, and not to even say I was disappointed in the match, but I was definitely wanting more. This wasn't a Goldberg scenario in my eyes, and I wish I would have gotten just a tad bit more from both these guys. Um... All around, I gotta say, I think the show is probably a 7.5 out of 10. Um, I thought for a pay-per-view, I didn't look forward to at all. They pulled it off, and good on WWE for giving me uh, a show that I thought was going to come in at a 5, and you ended up giving me a 7.5, so good on you, boys. Um, yeah, so that's what I thought of WWE Great Balls of Fire. Um, remember to go to podcastingcouch.podbeam.com to listen to future episodes of Take It Home. Also, uh, you know, go on Twitter at Take It Home or is it Take It Home Pod? God bless i'm gonna have to look it up it's either i take it home or take it home pod jeez i hope i have it right it's one of those screw you it's late so i'm doing this quickly uh like i said go to podcastingcouch.podbean.com to listen to all our previous episodes it's probably going to end up just being me doing these from now on probably week reviews and uh pay-per-view reviews and talk a little news and stuff like that. So if you got any questions, concerns, comments, go there. Also, by the way, I threw up on the Twitter poll uh, what people thought of the show. They gave it uh, 63%, liked it. So I guess WWE didn't do too bad this week. But uh, that's Take It Home. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll see you next week.